Blog Talk Radio. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things as sun did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gon' body this hood politics, acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One knee. I duck, could it be my time is up With my luck, I got up The cops shot again, bus stop glass burst A fiend drops his Heineken Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in Blacking out, I shoot back Fuck getting hit, this is my hood I'm a rat, to the death of it To everybody, come on, little niggas is grown Look rats, don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon Sent from the stars, sun and the moon And it's like a police chase The street sweepers and coppers Sick up kids with no conscience Leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die all I need is one mic, 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 one Yes, yes, yes. It's good with you. It's good to be back. And we're in the new year now, right? Man, we're in right, 20, right. We're in is 2021. This, this I'm, I'm very careful of, about saying the new year, but we're yeah, in 2021. Word. Word. Uh, is, this, is this the first show of the new year? This is. This is. What? Okay, man. Well, welcome, Five everyone, to the first show of 2021. You know what? And that makes yes. this topic that much more apropos. That makes this topic that much more pertinent to what's going on. Man. Uh, man. Come on. Because we don't want to go, you know, it's 2021, man. Let's change it up. Let's switch the game. Let's uh, be more attentive. I think this is the year. And, and as we, you and I were discussing a little earlier, Makeda, talking about the topic, and I was like, yo, that's a Man, I don't know why, you know, I'm going to get in where I fit in, but I'm a conversationalist. Uh, But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, right on. Right in exact. 2021. It is about our youth. It's about these young people and a lot of young people uh, coming into society on their own, beginning to defy their role in society and what society or the opportunity society has for them. And a lot of them are going into it, what you and I were talking about in the example you had given, and I'll, I'll allow you to go into as much of that as you want to. Um, man, it was just right on because there are so many people coming into it without any basic foundation. And us as a community have allowed right. the basic foundations and morals and uh, Norways and norms to just, right. you know, scatter like dust. So tell us, right. what inspired this whole, you know, the whole topic, and you know, why you felt it was important to go here? Um, you know, it's it's funny because 
as I was saying earlier, um, I was listening to the sister uh, Lateva, and she was talking about an incident that had happened with her. And just like you just prefaced, you know, the whole situation, you know, us being at the beginning of the year, that's actually what she said. She was like, look, let's start the year out right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is how her video okay. started. Um, okay. And she was saying, you know, we, we really need to get a hold. And she was kind of addressing other older adults about sitting our, our newly – um, you know, our our, our newly, uh, I don't know what to call it, but our new adults, yeah. our new adults, yeah. you know, the ones who are going out into the world right now and they are, um, you know, they are experiencing the world for the first time outside of the shelter of their homes mm-hmm. and having to, mm-hmm. you know, in a, have interactions with, with other older adults you know, just, you know, folks, their own peers, whatever it is. And um, she was kind of upset because, you know, it was something that that happened where she was at, and she was like, you know, it just doesn't make sense that we have our children out here like this, and, you know, this is something that we really really need to address in-house. We really need to handle some things in-house and have them to understand that, you know, you can't do what you did at home or you can't, yeah. you know, you can't play around and, and address people and disrespect people and not have a basic understanding of home training. And that comes from, you know, the older adults that raise the younger adults. You know what I'm saying? Right. So this is, you know, this is something that, that, you know, it's it's really serious. And I wanted to repost her video and I asked her for permission but she was like, you know, I really I normally don't address things in the manner that I mm-hmm. did, um, for everybody to see. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, mm-hmm. that ain't that ain't for general consumption. That's in house stuff. But it was so important to me, I thought that um because it's life saving information. You know, we do need to pull our children in, our, our youth in, and just check in with them and, and have a conversation with them. You know, this is well, something that we need to I do agree. on a regular basis because we, we you know, we're so much with, without the, the tools of the average, you know, the average person having all of this this overwhelming uh, capacity for conflict resolution. You know, a lot of times what happens is we escalate straight to, you know, straight to violence. You know, it gets, first is, you know, okay, somebody's out of pocket, then it's disrespectful, then it's violence. You know what I'm saying? And one mm. of the things, one of the concepts that she was talking about was knowing how to read the room. Knowing, you know, what you're dealing with when you walk into a thing, when you're looking around and, you know, and, and it's getting it's getting to a certain level, if you haven't learned how to just own, you know, own your shit, basically, own your shit, <laughs> correct mm-hmm. it, you know, and and deal with it before it gets to a certain point, you know, especially when you are in, when you've when you basically um, you put out an infraction and then you, you know, 
you don't want anybody to address you about it. You don't want anybody to say anything to you about it. And it's a problem for the youth because in so many cases, if we haven't watched, you know, if we haven't really been paying attention, um, we've seen this decline in the in the ability to address our community's youth because of the parents not, you know, not addressing their own children and then not allowing, you know, not allowing other elders the ability to have that conversation when, you know, when the kids are out of line. So who's checking them? And by time, you know, by time they get out here in the world, society checking them is so is so totally different from, you know, somebody in the community saying, hey, you know, you need to carry on in a certain kind of manner. You need to do this or that, you know. Um, well, so I, I just thought it know, was really important because of because of that. Huh? No, go ahead, go ahead. You thought it was important because I I couldn't agree more. I think people that know me know I'm one of those big community people. In some, in a lot of instances, I'm a traditionalist. I see the importance of tradition, but I'm really you know I remember you and I we had it, it wasn't this conversation it was similar, and I think I had taken a hard stance when I was talking about. The grandmothers, the pregnancies, the younger, and how mm-hmm. it was handled in our day. I don't know. Is it a, a case of we want our cake and we want to eat it too? Which you should be able to get your cake and eat it too, by the way. That is, that is one of the stupidest <laughs> sayings I've ever heard. I just had to throw that in there. At least I, I've never understood it, but I just repeated. I've never. Want your cake, you want to eat it too. Uh, yeah, that's usually how that works. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, there can't be. What, what am I looking at? Like reward without work, I guess is what I'm looking for. There can't be reward without work. There can't be fruit without labor, without toil. You know, you have, you reap what you sow, but the idea is sowing. And I don't know if we've gotten so accustomed or getting a feeling of so privileged and so entitled that no one can tell us anything or our children anything, yet we want the positive outcomes of being an individualistic, a, a uh, people who have embraced this idea of individual uh, individualism, the rough mag- maverick type of attitude, do it by myself, pull myself up by the bootstraps. You get yours, I'm going to get mine attitude, but want the overall effect of what comes out of communal understanding. You know, I think it goes back to, I agree with you wholly, it goes back to the house. Is your house a commune, you know, not you specifically, but talking to black people, right, right. do we run communal homes? Is our home right. a communal home? Do we teach respect for other people's property, respect for uh, space, how to interact and coexist within the same home? And most homes you go into now, especially, let me, I'm like Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad, everything's a white man's fault. Um, you yeah. know, with the <laughs> influx of technology, it promotes. Mm-hmm encourages a certain individualism. Children are on their phones, iPads, tablets. We don't eat together. If we eat together, we're on some type of electronic gadget gadget. Our interactions are no longer physical, but they're all digital. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 it isn't surprising to me that our actions are less than what you, especially what you and I remember. You know, so how do we address that? I, to me, that is a big problem. How do you address technology without sounding like a stark raven old head 
horror of technology. <laughs> but how do we begin to regulate? You know what I'm saying? Regulate that thing to a degree. You say a stark raven old head. I'm yeah. afraid at this point we don't get around that. We're going to sound like a stalk raven. We're going to sound like a bunch of stalk raven old heads no matter what because, mm. you know, the youth the youth is going forward. Right. I think we're, you know, we're the ones who have the benefit of knowing what it was in the past and how things have changed so drastically and seeing the pros and the cons of, you know what I'm saying, of both sides of it. I think we're, you know, we're pretty much the only ones who can, who can be the the in between, the the um, you know that that kind of balance, because there may be some good things about technology, but I always say, you know, I feel that we are going to have to go backwards in order to go forward, you know, as a people, because yeah. we've lost so much of, you know, what it is that that we need to be able to communicate with each other, to be able to mm-hmm. understand each other, and to be able to move forward. You know, um, the youth only have technology. They, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they've been raised on it. They've been, mm-hmm. you know, they've been programmed by it. They've been mm-hmm. programmed by something that was programmed. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, in and of itself, that's like, damn. You know, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. And they yeah. haven't been programmed by the community. They have, we have not been doing that. So my thought is, you know, one of the ways you can you can combat some of that stuff is, you know, you you have to have a point at which you say, okay, put it down. You know, check. Yeah. It. I was actually watching this. I was watching this um, this uh, documentary last night. It was called Childhood uh, 2.0. Mm-hmm. It was either 2.5 or 2.0. But uh, I think it was Childhood 2.0. It was 2.0. Um, and that's on Amazon Prime. Um, and it was talking about all the influence that social media and and just our habits have on the youth today. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that we don't. We don't go out and play. We don't sit and talk like you were saying. We don't sit mm-hmm. around the table. We don't talk. Mm-hmm. We don't interact like we're like like a society that is engaged and is rooted in itself. You know, it's it's kind of just got these flailing tentacles and it's holding on to everything else. And then you have this, you know, these attitude issues and problems, you have all this depression, you have a whole lot of stuff that's going on and it's rooted inside of these habits that we have that are, you know, that are tied to the technology that we're using. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's, that's a part of it. But then you got folks also who just have become, you know, just damn lazy. You know, they don't want to deal with their kids. They don't want, and I see a lot right. of stuff. Right, I see right. a lot of this yep. stuff going on, you know, especially during the pandemic. Folks are losing their minds about having to deal with their own kids. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what part yeah. of the game is that? These your kids. Yeah. yeah, we're realizing that we haven't, man, integration was probably, not was the worst thing that okay. could have happened to us mentally 
emotionally, uh, okay. identification-wise, and everything else, morally, ethically. Uh, and you're absolutely right because we got into when we lost what it meant to be black or to be successful, to be prosperous, to be a man, to be a woman in our community, in our society, and began to emulate them, to begin to desire what they had and to hold their standards as the be-all, we lost our damn minds. And everything became, you know, for our sisters, I and, and listen, sisters, don't get mad, you're still down here, and if y'all want to come in, press one, <laughs> but I do I honestly believe that you got sucked into a feminist thing, a lot of sisters, uh, right. well-meaning, well-intended. But begin right. to put a lot of the struggles of other women in your struggle. Right. And we should have dealt with our men-women relationships as it relates to us as black people. Because some of the problems that you're saying that you have as a black woman, black men have been given. We don't have a business to discriminate with you. And we don't have wages to hold back from you. We don't have any of these institutions or powers to regulate you. In fact, a lot of us know that the regulation of you means the destruction of the black uh, shit society, as we understand it here in, in North America. So I said all of that to give the background to this. When I do believe when they promoted and encouraged our women that I don't want to say being a mother, but being maybe a more domesticated mother, more homey mm-hmm. type was suppressive and it became the rap, mm-hmm. work, 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 get this money, get, I got to get that bag, boo-boo. That's what I came for. You brothers, how about I got to get that bag? Let me tell you, that's gay. And no disrespect to them. But if you're not, because that bag meant a person, meant a bag. So when that, that, lang- that language came, I got to get that bag, got to get this, boo-boo. Uh, and then, you know, how convenient. This, all of a sudden, technology is out and all these kids' shows and all of these just convenient ways where you don't have to deal with family. Everybody else will. I've seen three-year-olds on tablets, tablets now, you know, mm-hmm. just doing the whole, I mean, they doing the bit. They looking up movies. You know what I'm saying? They hey. playing the hey. movie. Yo, they doing the bit, but there's no, and when you try to, hey, little buddy, hey. and they took his head off out of the tablet. You know, right. having that ability to interact. And so when you lose the ability, when you lose that personal interaction, when you lose that human connection, it doesn't increase, what do they call those, morphines or more endorphins or something? It doesn't create endorphins, right. You don't enhance that sensation that you get from physical contact. Therefore, you become not empathetic but a freaking psychopath. You don't feel nobody's pain. You're digitized. Everything's digitized. Like a video game, killing somebody's like a video game, depriving somebody's right. like a movie, or you know, you watch all this drama on television. So everything's TV, and you have no interaction. Like, hey, you know what? This is making me look like ass. I should be ashamed. Do you Somewhere, look- my conscience should be screaming, "Shame on me! I look like a fool." Don't do this. Do you remember though? Do you remember coming up when when video games at the advent of of the newer, you know, more graphic video games? how your parents were like, you know, they, they had concerns and they were like, you know, get, get them in front of that TV, sitting in front of that TV. Life is not a Word. video game. It's not, you know, you, you killing people on a video game. is not like what's going on in real life. You need to, 
move away from in front of that. That's why I say we have we have the ability to see what it was before and what it's mm-hmm. become, the result of it going further, you know, than than the, the point at which it started. And what you another thing that you said about, you know, seeing seeing these children in front of tablets and you trying to get their attention, if you correct them about something they're watching. Yes. And their parents allow them to watch, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of take the reins and do whatever they want to do um, on on their personal, you know, electronic devices or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to, sometimes you got to go up against the parent. Absolutely. And, and, and really, like, you got to reason with the parent. Like, it don't mm-hmm. even make sense that you have to reason with the parent. About why you why you're correcting their child about what I, they're watching, and it, that's just how you know that's how I feel about it. Like, right. no, nah, turn it off for that. Okay. That's not for kids. Right, it doesn't. It shouldn't. Well, let me say this: it shouldn't make sense. It shouldn't. But almost it does to me. Let's look at and let's be realistic. Let's look at the age of some of these parents. And this is not a not. You know, listen. My sisters have my nephews. My mm-hmm. nephews are in their 20s, so they had them young. But like you said, I will say as a disclaimer, we came from a different era, though. You know, we still right. had, you know, the a lot of traditionalism. So though they had them young, they had mamas in place, grandmamas in place, aunties in place that still held to old ways. So it was only so much my sisters were going to get away with. One of the first things they right. learned early in the game, when I remember my mother telling, oh, you know, life changes now, don't you? I remember, you know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, you grew, you're about to grow up quick. You're right. about to grow up quick. Right. And they held my sister's feet to the fire. Did they do everything like uh, June Cleaver? No. But they had <laughs> supervision. They had these sisters and men who remember their way, who had a standard, who said, yo, this is how it's supposed to be, or we were at, at the very least taught that it should be, and this is what we're instilling upon you. Why did I say that? A lot of times when you're correcting a lot of these mothers on these babies, man, these mothers are young themselves who came from young mothers. You're correcting these 20-year-old, 23, 24, 25-year-old women whose mothers are only – 15 years, 16 years older than them, who came from, because believe it or not, we're getting that old, who came from, uh, you know what I'm saying? I know a 38-year-old, 38-year-old uh, grandmother who came mm-hmm. from, who came from a jacked up, you know, it's a friend of mine. No, no, she's 42 because a little bit, who came from a bad background. And she's uh-huh. a grandmother. And the children are like five and six. The grandchildren are, you know, like five and six. So this is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So when you talk about correcting those grandbabies, man, look how far up the foolishness goes. It's almost like cultural acceptance now that it's okay to be foolish because you're not just talking about their mother. You're talking about their grandmother who has embraced and adopted some very, sometimes not the best ways. Yeah. Well, you know what remember saying? a couple of weeks address, ago. How do you address that? Remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to you uh, on the show about 
um, reclaiming our, you know, reclaiming our families and deciding yes. um, the direction that our families right are going to yeah. go, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was telling you about how in in the Ghanaian society, they their children are raised by the grandparents. Mm-hmm. The parents are out they're they're busy, you know, bringing home the money. They're busy, you know, going to work and trying to make everything work for the household, but they maintain their you know, their social order, their structure because the grandparents actually raise the children. You know, mm-hmm. and I think you do have you do have a lot of this, you know, a lot of stuff that's that's going on um, that you can't get a, you know, you you can't get a real handle on until you actually sit down and identify where it went wrong and how you can write it, you know. But then you have some, you know, you have some situations where it's it's just as simple as deciding that look, this is how we gonna this is how we gonna do it in this house in order to correct this, you know, and you start mm-hmm. a you know, you you start some type of um, structure. You start a tradition yes. that that begins yes. with your family. You start yes. something that is that is you know that is going to help your family be able to function. And you mm-hmm. you know you can share that out. You know, and show other people. I know a lot of times other folks don't want to hear. You know, because you know people people are sensitive about raising kids. But I do yeah, feel yeah, like as long yeah. as you have to turn out children into society, it is that community, that society that you are turning them out into, you know, specifically the 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 community, the people that look like them that they're going to be around, those people should have some say. And those people should be a part in, you know, to take part in how this looks. I remember um, my daughter coming home some years ago, and... She was pissy. She was in high school. She was pissy about this bus driver. And the bus driver kind of, she was upset about how these children were on the bus tripping out, clowning and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, my daughter, being who she is, she, she wasn't a part of it, but she just didn't like the bus driver's attitude. Mm-hmm. So she came home and she's telling me about it. I happened to ride with this bus driver. So I know who she's talking about. And the lady mm-hmm. was tough. She was sharp out of her mouth. She was. But again, you are on this bus. She is the authority on this bus. You're going to get in line and you're going to stay in line while you're in this space. So I told her, I mm-hmm. said, I know that lady. And I know that she's not, you know, she may have she may have had a bad day because of the stuff that the kids were doing. Because my daughter wasn't so, you know, she wasn't she wasn't with with the kids either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they were clowning, but she didn't have to, you know. No, she did have to. That's her place. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's her place. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. if she sees a bunch of kids acting up, now if you got caught in the fray then it's for you to, you know, if you want to clear that up with her, you clear that up with her respectfully outside of that situation. But you don't, you know, never find yourself saying anything to her. Later on, 
my, my daughter continued to ride the bus. And later on, she saw me get on the bus with my daughter and, and, my, and my son. And she said, these are your kids? And I said, yeah. She says, you know what? They are because my daughter didn't step to her and come out of her mouth crazy. Right, right, but right. She was really, she was really pissy about it though. But yeah, um, right. she came back and she said, I love to see your children coming. I love to see them coming because they're such yes. mannerable kids, and they, you know, and they carry themselves well, and they look out for each other. And she's like, you know. I always knew that they were brother and sister, but, like, I didn't know they were yours. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, those my mm-hmm. babies, you know. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's your children should be a reflection of who you are. They yeah. should be a reflection they, of your, your training are. them at home, how you how right. you deal with them, and how they reflect it's, that going out into the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they are a reflection of us. I, I, you know, Makeda, I think that my biggest, I think the biggest obstacle is like if you, and you're saying it, it goes back to home. What I hope is that you're not taking for granted that most people understand what, you know, what is black home trading? I think we have to look at that. What is black home trading? And here's my thing. Even if you don't have a cultural or traditional practice, anything you pass down to your children, uh, that is a heritage or a certain way you act, you owe it to your children for their survival. Exactly. To teach them how to damn exactly. act in public. I like what you said about exactly. reading a room. Even if it isn't traditional, you know, we passed the Mubaba and all of that, even if you don't have all of that, you can't. listen, listen, it is a real world out there, and there are goons and goblins ready to devour our babies, right. shade, shape, color, religion, creed, belief, and everything. So just giving them survival skills and basic survival skills is like uh, what Sister McKay said in the beginning of the show, reading the room. What is the proper attitude for the proper situation? And our children think they can have, a lot of our children think they can have one attitude throughout it. Funny you bring that up. My son, you know, I had to speak to him, call him today. He's 12. He's missed so many assignments. This virtual schooling is killing us. Ah, right. you know, um, so he's missed certain virtual assignments because what I realized today is that my son needs supervision. Her feelings. I realized my son is a half-asser. Broke my heart. He's going to do mm-hmm. as much as he can get away with. And sometimes it's less than that. You know, so I have to go back now. I realize, oh, you're one of those I have to go back and check behind and things of that nature. And though I would love to impart it of to tell him, because um, we were talking about school and he got very frustrated with his mom. He said something ignorant. He was like, you know, I just told him I'm frustrated when I get old enough, I want to drop out, you know, and, and, and I allow him to express himself, even though I don't agree with some of the silliness. But he's 12, okay? So, right. You know, and so you can expect anything to come out of their mouths. Uh, anyway, this guy, he says he wants to drop out of school, so we're talking. Now, I wanted to hit him with, you know, the first universities were found in Africa, Songhai, Timbuktu. I wanted to hit him with the James Earl. I did. I wanted to hit him with all the knowledge I had. But what I realized is right now he's frustrated. I don't even know if he's been getting any of it. We're going to hit him with the survival. And I tell Amaru, I love you, man. But uh, graduating from high school is not an option. It's not anything I'm going to celebrate. 
I'm not going to make you a unicorn in a day of black males graduating high school. That's expected. That's the least in my household. You are not going to ain't even an option, buddy. Now, college is a whole different thing. You go to a university, get a degree, man, we look dope, man. I'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese. We'll do whatever you want to do. You go to a university. <laughs> you know, it's a whole other level. But high school? A high school? I said, do you know what a high school diploma is saying? He said, what, Dad? I said, it's saying I can function in society. They write newspapers at that level. They write the basic instructions on high school functionability, sometimes even lower. But that is the basic of functionability in society. I'm not going to award you to do it at the very least. It's for your survival so that you will know how other people, how that there are basic rules in this society, even if we don't agree with them or nothing. You know, they say ignorance of the law is no excuse. There's basic rules of this society. There's basic way that society functions. And you're going to learn them on that rudimentary level, which is called primary school, up to high school, buddy. So why am I saying that? To say this, that you do, we do our children a disservice by giving a sense of entitlement. They can do anything. Man, we have to teach them certain things. Yeah, he's a goddamn white man. He's a punk-ass white man. He's a cowardly white man. But right now, he is very cunning. He has to his advantage and on his side a system that he has created and manipulated to target us. Right. So with these things and knowing these things, he may be, I may have all these personal sentiments, but the system that we operate in is very real. And if I allow my child to live in a delusion, to live in this false fantasy world that I allow him to create for himself and I cater and feed into that, then, man, I'm only adding fuel to the fire or giving fire to the devil. You know, don't get me started, right. man. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. But you, you know, know what? And And – what I will say is that's why I feel like, you know, um, taking control of that educational process is so important because mm-hmm. just because they have to go through, you know, they right. have to get that, that, that basic understanding. That basic understanding should be coming from those who understand, you know, you where we're trying, to, where we're trying to get to and, and what we're trying to grow data. into. Not, not a, just what we're, huh? Do you have? I know we have a delay. That base understanding should be coming from their base. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> right, absolutely. And you know, and I think that you know that speaks to another. You know, because we're doing this this education thing with the kids. Like this is just it's real. You know, and I see mm-hmm. I see the frustration of you know. Amaru's a little older um, than the kids that I that I deal with that I support in support schools, and the ones that I that I have. You see my baby. Uh, yes. The ones huh. that I have in um, that I'm homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's having it's taking its toll on all of them. It really is. And if we are not there to support them. Again, teach them what it is that they're they're up against, and teach mm-hmm. them how to you know how to navigate it, and what it is that we should be including with it. Like we really do have to take control of this. Um, yes, all of all of it, beginning to end, and then you know, and in some instances, we need to be. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm hesitant in saying some instances. I feel like we should be guiding the curriculum. Period. You know, for Absolutely. real. 
Absolutely. Um, I really do because, again, we want to teach. We don't want to yes. just, you know, just keep on imparting the same old shit to turn out, you know, corporate slaves and shit. That's not what, and that's we exactly what we're doing. For. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. you know, even in support school, that's just that. like, you know, a doctor, a doctor saying, well, you know, are you going to come in and get the vaccine versus, you know, giving you the damn syringe to go home and get a vaccine to your kid yourself? Nah, right. we're not doing that. You know, like right. that's not that's not what I feel like we should be doing because we're still coming up with the same result that way. But again, you know, it's one of those things that we have to take control of and we have to guide it. We have to be present and be um, active in what's going yes. on with yes. these children. Has, we have to. Be. It must there's be no there's no two ways about it. You know, if he's right. got to graduate. You know, then we have to be the one that's, that's making sure. And Amaru is not, you know, he's not an anomaly to this situation here. He is not. All of these know. kids are going through the same. They're stuff. all going through it. I I already know. And absolutely. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. I am one of them dads. I'm telling you, I was so involved in the school. I remember when his mother went to pick him up one time, and she was she wasn't pissed, but she was like, it was funny, but it was an irritant to her. And she said, you know, I went up to that school, big up, and they ID'd me this, and they said, we know his father, but we don't, you know, we really don't know you. I said, yeah, because they know his father. <laughs> you know, absolutely. We're not going to sit here and and do the, the boo-boo, the shoo-shoo. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't go up there so much just for curriculum. I went to check on the curriculum. But to, uh, at this time, you know, my boys were, uh, a lot of notes were coming home that if they weren't being the influencers, they were in circles, and I call that being influenced, that weren't the most productive. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I already know what that was. I used to go to school. That's, you know, okay. that's lack of daddy or somebody popping up in there. And you know what's funny? I would always, could always tell when he was into some BS, because, you know, when you pop up, in, I pop up in there, and they could be on damn snack break or something. You know, or they could be on their little, you know how they had that little downtown with personal studies or something where they're chatting on the, they could be on that. He's sitting there writing and looking at the board like he's a damn scholar. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I come in there, he's oh he's the most studious looking if he should get an Academy Award for something. <laughs> you know, I said, man, if your actions, if your works reflected the way you look, you'd be teaching the class. Uh but it <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, but it's like what you said. It all goes back to and boils down to, um, for me, about survival. You know, giving our children these things because it's imperative to their survival. And that also, controlling that curriculum, giving them a base foundation of education, will go and lead to us um, beginning to establish and accept an identity as new Africans here, black people, black Africans here in America. I think that that plays a big part because we still, I, I love what you said when you said, when we don't change the narrative, when we don't control the curriculum, we are producing the same exact right. type of black African in America with the same ambitions, the same goals that holds prosperity right. and success to be the same thing, materialism, what you possess in your bank account, you know, that type of thing. Um, so it's imperative to do, it's imperative to do that 
but it, 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 it starts with a survival and knowing what is relative to us. And another way that we begin to get, in my opinion, of course, on this, how we begin to get the community back, because a lot of our, a lot of our institutions, a lot of these black schools, a lot of these self-determinist uh, organizations, I don't think we really get grassroots enough. We do a lot of mm-hmm. teaching to grassroots, but when I mean grassroots, I'm talking about how effective are we in the people's lives in their right. everyday existence. Right. You know? Right. Right. Being being a being a real support Absolutely. to what's going on constantly. Mm-hmm. And smaller, from the smallest way to the because that's how you reclaim that's how you reclaim your community. That's how you get it yep. back, you know. Stop stop moving to a place where you, you know, it's just you and your your clan and you start reaching out into, you know, other clans. You invite those people over. I, you know, I'm I I feel the worst about this whole COVID thing because I from the time they started saying um social distancing, mm-hmm. I felt something else. I felt something more nefarious happening. You know, I felt the continued, you know, isolation and yes. the deliberate. I felt like it was a deliberate, you know, isolation of the people. And this is how you keep folks, you know, kind of going in a direction, the, the, the direction that they have planned for us to go into, you know, mm-hmm. which is being individuals and being less communal and less accountable and responsible to and for each other. Absolutely. And that's problem that's, that's that. very problematic. And that's what I mm-hmm. first heard when I first heard social distancing. I was so mad about the, the words, the those two words together because I just I felt it. Yeah. And now, you know, it's you people are just that afraid to be around other and I can't say that the fear is not you know, it's not warranted. I can't say because I don't know what it is we're fighting. I don't know what mm-hmm. this shit is that's out here. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't put my finger on it. I can't say from a, a medical standpoint that, you know, herd immunity is going to, you know, be the best way to go in order to be able to fight this thing. I can't say that because there are people dying of something. And, you know, I can't call it. I can't call it, but what I do understand is that we do operate in, you know, in a society that feeds on our fears. It feeds on our Absolutely. fears, and it feeds yes. on us being isolated from each other. That's how it. That's how it grows, and this is how everything, you know, continues to perpetuate. You know, like it is. It, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. What I don't, but let me ask you this. You know, he, huh? Yes. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to ask you if we had any anybody that was uh, trying to, you know, chime in on the subject or, you know. All right, listen, you're, you're listening to Let's Talk About It. We're talking about the roles of young adults in society today. If you want to chime in on this conversation, hit one. Definitely. You know how we do. It is a people's conversation. It is open to everybody just to join in and chime in. Love to hear your opinion. We'd love to hear it. Right. Uh, yeah, we have people on. Nobody just really pressing one. I guess they're digging the flow. Okay. No, but, okay. you know, um, yeah, you know, here's what got me with the whole 
COVID thing, and we're talking about COVID, I would have liked to seen, and what I was working towards anyway, I would have liked to see more of our scientific mind and our more medical attended uh, people begin to say how this affects us specifically and what we can begin to do to um, ensure our safety as a people. And we're going to need those people who are not just knowledgeable in the fields of medicine and science, but also have a love and understand the importance of black nationalism and, you know, communalism and collective, uh, uh, collective working amongst us as a people. Why do I say that? Because there is no way possible you can be in a freaking society that has already blatantly, blatantly shown you what they think of you as a people, as members of the society, and trust them to inform you properly on medical or physical health conditions. Right. Yo. Right. You know what I'm saying? This right. is like when you talk about the social distance. You're right. It bothered me. It bothered me because what, the reason it bothered me is because a lot of us as black people, not you and I, of course, but a lot of black people, when they said social distancing, they took like all of society. You know, I'm right. a black nationalist. Start that social distancing with white folks. Why don't some of you Negroes back up from some of these white folks a little bit? I bet you that'll slow down the spread a little bit. Stop intermingling with everybody. They don't intermingle. Everybody don't intermingle with you. You giving right. them COVID. You keep giving these white folks COVID because you going in their stores, buying their stuff. You going to work on their job. Stop giving these white folks COVID. Why don't y'all do that? Mm-hmm. Stop being around these good white folks. Stop giving them COVID. Because you, you, <laughs> we become completely <laughs> get your own. You know what I'm saying? Let's get on. Stop giving these white folks COVID. It's the only way you're giving it to them. Begging to be around. Them. Man, right, because right. you know what I'm saying. Social did we should have been cutting them, off, cut them off. If I catch COVID, I better to be from a black person. I've been keeping six feet away. You know, I've been telling white men give me six feet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been COVID uh, cautious. So if I catch it, it'll be from an African. Anyway, um, so I would love to see us begin to develop. Along those along those lines, to start to address our community community specifically on concerns like this, and start to work with other groups in creating places that either inform or aid and contribute. You know, we don't have COVID testing in the hood. You know what I'm saying? We don't have COVID testing in the hood. Even if you have to get, like you said, the syringe and going home doing it yourself. Even if we had to have some type of partnership to get the test from the government or whatever, how that works, but some kind of way we begin to be, if we don't have the scientists right now to create the things that we need, begin to have, we have people knowledgeable enough, I love to believe, to uh, interact with their scientific community and come back with informed opinions and suggestions as to what is the best course of action for us as a people. Just unfortunately, we don't see ourselves as a people. We don't see, we don't understand the dependency we have on them, the power we have given to them from education to medical treatment. It is dangerous. And we wonder why, going back to the role of young people in our society, why are young people act the way that they're acting in society? They're acting like white people. They're acting like white people. They're acting very entitled. Very privileged. Hey, you can't. Hey, I, you know what? Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna say this, and I feel you on that. 
I feel you on that. Um, I don't know if I shared with you that my, my son was staying with some white folks. He stayed out there with the white folks for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And oh, I felt some kind of way about that. But, you know, um, yeah. there was a certain rebellion that was going on. And mm-hmm. when he came when he came back home, when he came back home, there were things about him I was going, mm-mm, 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 yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't. Down to, yeah. you, you smell like some people. Go wash yeah. your ass. Go, you know what I'm saying? You, we don't walk around here like that. We don't, you know, it's just stuff that you don't do. No, yeah. I'm, I can't do it because I don't recognize you. I don't recognize you as my child. When you, you know, and I've raised you up to this, you know, up up to the point that you decided that you were going to do something that I ill-advised you to do. I I raised you primarily mm-hmm. by myself. So when you come back to me and I don't recognize you, you better get it together. You better get it together. Oh, uh, you, you're grown because you can be out there by yourself. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. need it. Yeah. I don't need it. And, I'm you know, do, to be infiltrated by, by you know, some another group's set of, you know, ideals that have been set forth for their own folks and, and how they carry themselves, what they move like, how they, no, man, I'm not, I'm not with it. I'm not yeah, with it. And absolutely. so many of us have picked that up on, you know, on other scales, even when we're not in their direct, like we picked up their, their worst traits. We picked up the work, and I don't know any good traits. I'm just being real. Yeah. I don't know no good traits they have. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. It's white people's government, their vibrations, their energy, the direction that they move as a people changes. You know, you may get four years, eight years of a very liberal white people. Black people just got it going on. They start, and within that span, almost a generation, almost ten years, you have just that a generation coming up, and they they come up in this energy, in this sense of entitlement. Like a lot of us came up when there wasn't, like we didn't come up in segregation, but we came up clearly right. when racism was very blatant. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you knew what it was, and I came up in an area with white people. And so, though I didn't have a hatred of white people, not even, I don't even think I had a healthy distrust. I think I was very naive when I was coming up mm-hmm. to white people because I came up in an integrated place. Everybody knows, originally I'm from Kentucky, an integrated place, a lot of white people. Um, so, you know, I didn't have, it wasn't until I moved down south and met a cracker that I realized, uh-uh, mm-hmm, no. Yeah, it's, like when the it's a little, that's a little bit different. <laughs> When an authority called me a nigga, a law enforcement official called me a nigga, and I had to look to the other brother like, can you do that? <laughs> I was that naive. I was like, no, you can't do that. He's not supposed to call me that. And them brothers looked at me like, nigga, where are you from? You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what do you mean he's not yeah. supposed to? So it's when we go through these generations of very liberalism, very a an illusion of inclusion, 
the disillusion yeah. of belonging to something, you know, that goes in our attitude and our demeanor and our action. And our children reflect that. And they're coming up in this time of computer. Everything's instantaneous. Everything, a push of the button. I want it now. Why can't I have it? You know what I'm saying? And again, no a, lot of their, a lot of their friends, you know, if if you're living in a in a place like like here, you you will find you will find a certain amount of uh, integration. Um, yeah. And a lot of their friends, they don't what they don't recognize is that society is still going to look at you differently than Absolutely. it's going to look at your friends. You know, your your white friends quote-unquote friends that you have, they're going to look at you differently and they're going to treat you differently based on whatever the, the, the dominant society has decided your lot is versus their lot. You know, Absolutely. and what it, what it causes is your, you know, your entitlement doesn't mean anything. Your entitlement is only in your head. You know, and you can't come home, and honestly, you can't come home with that entitlement in your head because I operate in another kind of way. I, mm-hmm. No, we don't do that around here. It's, That's not what we you do. You know, I, one of the things, 10 point platform and program of the Black Panther Party for Self Determination. Point number five we want a true history that teaches the decadent nature of this society and the black man, the true role of the black man and woman in this society. What does that say? that everything is perspective. So while we're with these liberals and stuff and we get in this sense of entitlement because the one thing I have realized about black people, nobody wants to be a nigga, rightly so. Rightly so. You should not want to be a nigga. I am not a nigga. I am an African. So no, but nobody right. wants to be not only not just a nigga, we're at wrestling with being that homegrown new African. You know what I'm saying? So we buy into the illusion sold to us. We learn... We learn karate, now we Chinese. You know what I'm saying? The white man let us live with him. Now there is no color, Dad. You see color because they see color. You know, the white man or the white woman let you live with them because it's a sense of their philanthropy. It's their liberalism. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of, look, we yeah. have this black and we're not prejudiced. Look what we're doing. We're taking inner city youth. We're helping. You know, it's assaging their white guilt. White people don't right, do it, anything right, exactly. so right. It make them feel good. <laughs> it makes them feel good. They don't do anything <laughs> that is not self-serving. We're the communal people. We're the people that would and, do it for the sake of community. We may not see the immediate effect, but we know this person is hungry. We're, you know, you take right. a, a biscuit from a white man, you owe him something. Please believe that. Here, come on, get this biscuit. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's delicious. No, it isn't. They, no. They, they expect no. they expect a certain kind of it's, they expect a certain kind of allegiance, allegiance. to them. If not your you know soul. you and and protection, you know exactly. if they do something for you, they want they want you to acknowledge that they did that's something it. for that's you. So you can't that. hold them if, accountable for everything that they benefit from, everything that they you know, and not to be on them for real, like they even matter because you know this they is don't. about. This is about us getting it together. But exactly. they're in a very real way, you know, we do have to we do have to watch our relationships because again, 
I do what I do for my people because they're my people, and it's just what you do. It's just what you do. It don't have nothing to do with, you know, like I, I don't. And I don't, I don't, I don't really even want to use this as an example, but the with the homeschool collective, I stepped up because it needed to be done. I didn't step up because I was going to get paid. I didn't step up because something was, you know, something was in it for me. My kids are out of school. This is what you do because you ha- you don't want your you don't want these children to have to go into a, a school system where the school system don't give a shit whether your kids live or die under this whole covid shit again I don't know what that shit is I don't know what it is but something is killing folks yeah so it has to be and it definitely has to be addressed from our perspective I mean it's being addressed from a worldwide humanitarian you know issue uh, but from a black perspective specifically, I am a po- unapologetically black nationalist. And too, right. for far too long, us here, New Africans here in America, black people in America, melanated people, whatever, I don't get into the semantics. Us, people here, have neglected our issue. And I agree with you. It's, it's too much, it, you know, I don't want to give overemphasis. Uh, over uh, attention, overemphasize or put too much attention on the white man. But I do believe right. in raising our children for survival purposes. And it's not about a hatred thing. It's not about a um, superior, inferior thing. It is about a very realistic outcome of actions taken about taken by other people against you. And the reality that they have created that those actions that they take against you more times than not are favorable to them. So any action that's going down that you're doing, you need to, you should be the focal point. Your people should be the focal point. Absolutely. And in the long run, they may, they may benefit someone kind of way about it, but it is not primarily uh, – you know, you're not just a cog in their machine. And that's basically right. what I'm saying. And what happens is by us not having a machine of our own, how do you avoid being a cog in a machine? Or what do we warn our children against? What is unacceptable? Like you're telling them, man, you got to know how to act. You got to know how to talk to people. When we talk about the roles of society, um, you got to know how to talk. You got to know how to act. You got Why? Why? You know, what do you tell them? For a why? What is the encouragement? What is the motivation? You know, we can say what we got to do, what we got, but why? Right. And and honestly, I mean, you know, until, again, until we start to address that whole communalism, mm -hmm. you know, and and what it means, because I often say this, you know, your character is your currency. I can move through life and go into a lot of different spaces because of how I am, you know, it ain't just who I am, it's how I am, you know, mm-hmm. whether people know me or not, once they interact with me, they can see, you know, exactly what, what my ilk is, and, and they understand, and I'm going to be, nine times out of ten, I'm going to interact with black folks more than I do with white folks, you know, right. and just because I don't, I don't interact with them 
as much don't mean I don't know how. I know how to interact with them too. And don't nothing, you know, like I, I like to say, I'm a universal person. I'm a universal mm-hmm. soul, for real. Um, so I don't have issues with being able to interact. But what I know is that my people are more apt to take care of me. Those are the ones I got to come back to. Those are the ones I support. And in order for in order for us to be able to, you know, that's the that's the why, you know, because you need your people. That's the why right yes. there. Yes. You need your you people. Know, but and let me add on to that. Let me add on because I have to build on that point because that is the why. You need your people. Communalism. But the only way for that to be effective is you have to point out a us and them. Not a us versus them, even if you don't want to put out a us versus them. But in order for to right. know that you are a people, you have to know right. who you aren't. That's right. why I said I want to overemphasize the white man, but the, the need to point out who or what that thing is and how that thing, that being or whatever functions in society and the society that we live in, that it has had a hand in to uh, tilt that more times than not, the things we do are in his favor. So once, you know, I point out this, and that's the thin line. It's difficult trying to point out my son to my son, white people and black people without coming off because white people have done a great job of painting any attempt of teaching your children about themselves is racist. White people have done an excellent job. It is difficult, especially when your children go to these public schools, you know, with some of these Negroes that don't have a true sense of who they are, that they are part of a people and not just a human. You know what I'm saying? That we don't run around. I'm a human being and everybody else has an ethnicity, but the Negroes. Anywho, don't get me started on that. Anywho, so it's difficult to point out to, you know, my sons, white, black, without coming sounding like some damn racist or some mad person. But it's necessary or they will never get the concept of communalism. If you don't understand that you are a people, that you're a separate community, that things, that though we live in the same world, the design is such that the outcome is different from two different people that occupy the same areas. You know what I'm saying? And that has to be taught because that's how the illusion is getting in. I don't know if we put enough emphasis on being black in America and so our people still build into the illusion of an American dream. And when they wake up to the illusion of that American dream, they're left with two options. This illusion is a bitch, you know, and they become, you know, they almost get, they become Kaepernick's and a lot of them lose their careers or they really just like, you know what? I know the American dream doesn't, doesn't exist. They will always see color. So let me be the top nigga. Let me be the house nigga. Let me be the nigger spokesman. Let me be the nigger for Trump. Let me be the nigger on Fox News. Let me be the black that does this because they will never accept me 
and just being a human being. And I think that that speaks volumes to it. So I, there again, I say the point, I don't understand what it is in us. Is it fear? Is it that says, hey, you know what? We're not like them. And being emphatic about that point, going back, reemphasizing, emphasizing, and reemphasizing that through speech and actions in the way that we raise our children, that we are not them, so that behavior will not be tolerated. What do you think? Uh oh, I think I lost her. So, yep, she dropped. Phone dropped. Well, I mean, that's my spill on it. There again, you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Uh, press one if you want to come in, if you want to add to or share. But that, you know, that's my whole take on the whole thing. I think that it has to be understood that some of the ways we're acting, some of the decisions that we make, what decision pool are we drawing these things from? Are they right and exact from the inception, from the very beginning? Where did they come from? Is this the behavior of natural people? You know, do a civilized people behave like this? And I would, I would definitely say no. I would definitely say no. But the start of it is, to me, acknowledging right and wrong. It's that simple. Acknowledging right and wrong. And when we acknowledge the right, and we all know what right and wrong is. We know what right and wrong is. You know, right and wrong is judged by the effects. Right and wrong, it's wrong even though you may feel like you're saying the right stuff. If I sit there and you had a whole conversation and people leave upset and there's confusion and chaos, ain't nothing you said in that conversation was right and exact, nothing. Nothing. I don't care if it was the most prolific, profound statement you have ever made in your life. If people walk away in disagreement, confusion, chaos, turmoil, then what you said was not right and exact. In fact, you were nothing but a devil emulating the devil whom you followed in that madness and insanity. So what we're saying is we judge by the effects. And we feel like since we followed the devil and we know that the devil is arrogant, the devil never feels like he's wrong. And I'm not talking about a mythical creature. If you thought I was talking about a mythical creature, turn on your news. The devil is right there. In fact, the devil is telling you about the other devils. Isn't that something? Just turn on the news. I'm not talking about anything mythical. I'm talking about this devil, this real-life devil who brings this negativity and this bad energy. And bad energy for us because this sense of entitlement, this thing where we can't tell our children anything or where um, we don't know, and not just that we can't tell our children anything. I'm not even going to put that on these beautiful, wonderful, intelligent children that we're having. These blessings to the continuation of the black nation, praise God for. I'm going to put it some up on us. Are we approaching our children like potential young adults? Or are we coming to our children like slave masters? Now, I don't say go to the extremes like I do, because somewhere in my philosophy, I think I may have made a mistake or two. But I don't whip or beat my children. I think it's too uh, close to reenactment of slavery. I'm going to whip you. Come here and get this. Go get you a switch, a switch so I can whip you. 
I'm going to beat you. Nah, God, nah, we can't be hollering about leaving the white man and using his methods. Now what I do wish, though, is I'd have implemented some form of spanking because shit, now my boys get out of line. I done went from not beating them to want to kill them half of the time. <laughs> so God, praise God. So, you know, yeah, moderation. But I said that to say, in some of the ways that us as parents address our children, shut the fuck up. Sit down, because I said so. Enabling them uh, the ability or the training to articulate what's wrong with them, to express feelings, to learn how to state not only what's wrong with them, but to come with a proper request. You tell them, shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down, do this, do that. How is your child going to learn how to interact in society, first, either two things going to happen to them. Either they're going to be a punk, they're going to be intimidated, they're not going to learn how to speak to authority. You ever seen those adults? I know adults like that. Hey, man, go get the, hey, man, they, they, they shorted me my money. Go get your money back. Nah, I'm just going to let them have that. I'm just going, nah. Damn, who used to tell you shut the fuck up when you was little? Who used to tell you sit your black ass down or your light ass down or ugly ass down? Who used to talk negative to you that now in your adulthood you're scared? Address a right. He shorted you. You know, so we have to be careful how we go to our children in this thing. And so kudos to our children when we go with oppressive, suppressive language, language that destroys Language that is down, and they and they have a little sass and they ass, so to speak. Kudos. Stop making a punk a black punk nation. Sick of these black punks. And I'm not talking about sexuality. I'm talking about demeanor and attitude, actions, weaklings, male and female. But it's all in the addressing. And for our young adults. Man, when, you know, now I, this is where I, for our society too, this integration, this instantaneous age, this microwave age, where it is allowed anything and everything um, for our children where the children can now call the police on the damn parent. I was up in Cleveland. I was living in Cleveland. They got some, what is it, 1-800-KIDS or something, 911-KIDS. You hit me, I'm going to call the authorities. You know, you can't speak roughly to the children anymore. Be firm, I call it, without these damn liberals and these people who we have to understand that prison is a billion-dollar industry. It's a business, so they got to keep customers. So when you don't raise your children, believe me, this system has something that will. They will gladly gobble your children up. It's profitable. Your black Absolutely. babies are profitable. You know what I'm saying? So when so this getting into our children, so young people, they're not doing you any favors. That smart mouth and quick wit, we know you're quick witted. We know you're smart mouth, but you haven't done anything to have that sense of entitlement. You haven't earned that sense of entitlement yet. To feel like where you can't be advised. To feel like 
that even if the advice wasn't coming in the best form, if you were addressed in a way that didn't make you feel right, then you only have one option, and that's to remove your damn self. You don't have the option to mouth off the back or to tell somebody who has cared for your sniveling, little booty, how they you feel about a damn thing. And, okay, great. I mean, in a manner that isn't respectful. Now, I'm not saying don't speak your piece. If I've addressed my right. son, you know, and tomorrow he told me a couple of times, I'll come in there and gruff. McGruff the crime dog. <laughs> Only you can take a bite out of it. I would come in there, hey, hey, man, it is. And he'd do what he got to do, and he'd come in and he'd say, hey, Dad. I was like, yeah. He's like, man, you came in yelling, dude. I, I, I didn't think I did anything bad that you had to yell at me, Dad. I'm like, ah. Then you're like, man, you're being sensitive. But, Dad, I like, you're right. I mean, I didn't have to yell. But, you know, then, you know, then you know, as parents, don't give me nothing to yell about this. How about that? You know, we can't be wrong. You know what I'm saying? Stop giving me reason right. to yell, brother. But he was right. I don't do the tip for tat. I said, you're right. I'll work on that. You know, but this is the type of rapport. You know, and this is, and these things is like what Makeda was saying, goes into when you develop these things in your home, this, these, this gives them the tools to go into society and to have cognitive thinking skills, reasoning mm-hmm. skills. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, this is mm-hmm. nothing to get that upset about. Oh, yada, 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 yada. And they have these things because they had the home is just the, what is it? Microcosm of a macrocosm. Right. It is right. a small example of the bigger world. Okay, what do you think? Right. I'm, just, I'm going, I was holding it down while you were gone for a minute. So, you know, I got on the top. What do you think? I, I totally agree. I completely agree. You know, we, we have to be able to, what you were saying, give them the tools to be able to think and to be able to think on their own without having to come back to us. You know, a lot of times, you know, um, like the sister was saying earlier that was, you know, on the video, she was talking, she was like, you know, you behave in a manner in your home. You know, these children have behaved in a manner in their home that mm-hmm. is not advantageous of them, you know, for them getting along out in society. And they done huffed and puffed and blew up and yes. sold with tickets in their house. And then they get out here in the real world. And the people that they run up on are not going to, you know, they ain't buying no wolf tickets. No. They not. Or they are buying them. They're going to they up the ante on them, and it's going to be a problem, for yeah. real. Yeah. Yep. So you have to be able to understand that, you know, like you can't, you, you, and parents, again, it goes, it still, it always goes back to the parents because parents, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. how are you allowing certain things to happen? And, you know, not, just not understanding or not caring or, you know, just not being able to grasp that it's not going to work to your child's benefit for them to get mm. away with certain stuff in your in your presence that they can't get away with in the real world. You can't let them right. slide with being, you know, a certain kind of way and then think that it's going to be okay 
when they get out here in the streets and they haven't learned how to adapt to dealing with different situations, being able to think through them and quickly. You know, they gotta you gotta think on your feet and yeah. be able to navigate certain things that you you know because again, like you said, I've seen that before. I know what I should be doing. I know how I should move and I ain't saying be no punk, be no scary cat. What I'm saying is know how to move in this shit and right. know how to think through it. Right. That's it. We already don't have, like I said, you know, the the advantage of a lot of um, a lot of um, problem solving, not problem solving, but um, conflict resolution skills. And then on top of that, a lot of us are frustrated about about other things. So to have people disrespecting you and, and, you know, and those people happen to be the people that are closest to you when it's happening, you know, and you just fly off. Like, okay, well, that's not, that ain't going to work out right. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. not going to come out Mm -hmm. right. You know, you have to learn how Mm -hmm. to diffuse some things sometimes and work from another angle. You just do. You know, if you've done something wrong, be able to take on that. But you only the only way you can take it and own it is if you've taken it and owned it from your home. If you've seen criticism and not yeah. just taking it as a as a disrespect to you, somebody dissing you for this, that, and the other. Like you know, I'm criticizing your work. I you know I can love you as a person every day, all day long, and look at your work and go, yeah, that's shoddy. That's shoddy. You you got to fix that. You know. Mm-hmm. And you got to fix your attitude. You need to, you know, because the world is not going, man, that was one of the things I caught all the time. You are not guaranteed a yes. And that's what has kept me, I think, to a certain degree, humble um, in such a way where I'm not entitled. I say little stuff now that, you know, some stuff I don't even believe. For real. <laughs> and it's okay. just, you know, I just throw it out there. I kind of throw it out there as a joke. Some things that I say, and it sounds, you know, lofty or or it sounds like it's, you know, a, a bit, there might be a bit of conceit on it, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, for real, I'm, I play like that. But the thing is, you know, understanding that um, you are not guaranteed yeses anywhere, you know what I'm saying? You are not, this is not going to be an automatic game for you. You know, this is not an automatic win for you. You're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to take. You're gonna to have to struggle toward every win that you gain. And mm-hmm. sometimes, even then, you're gonna to have to learn how to take a damn loss. You know, sometimes you will learn how to take a loss. And that you keeps. Know what? I think, huh? Keep going. No, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Keeps you what? No, what I was saying, I I think that 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 will keep you in a certain. You know, in a certain place, it doesn't where it doesn't stomp you out. It doesn't, you know, uh, it doesn't put out your flame, but it keeps you humble to the degree that you're not entitled. You don't feel entitled to a yes. Yeah. You don't feel like everything is going to be accepting. You got people out here can't deal with rejection. Well, for damn, can't deal with no. nothing. I was just saying that earlier to somebody. You can't deal with shit. No, really? they can't. No, they man, please. That 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 sense of now. Here's here's my thing though. Here's my 
because I and I agree with you, but I mean, you know, very slightly in some areas. Um, I, I, feel, I feel entitled to peace. I yeah. feel entitled to peace. Therefore, I, I feel entitled to that too. <laughs> right. So if that is my focal point, you know what I'm saying? I, I have the master and power to cut your ass out of my life. If you are disruptive <laughs> and chaotic, you Where know, you I have say the that. <laughs> Listen, I have the power to choose my words. I know when I'm yeah. in a dis- disagreement or an argument, I know when too far is too far. I know when yeah. enough is enough. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I know when I'm talking now in an argument to get off, to hurt somebody. I'm not, like you said, conflict resolution. I'm not looking for a resolution. I'm looking for pain. I'm looking for anger. I want to hurt you. The first thing is yeah. honesty, complete and brutal honesty with yourself. So I'm entitled. So I had to be honest with myself. Okay, you know what? I'm entitled to peace. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I can make that pain. Now, I agree with you. You're not going to win immediately every day. Sometimes it may not look like a win. So that's what helps me. I'm entitled to peace. This thing didn't fall through. I'm an old street dude. We used to say minor setback for a major comeback player. You understand? So spiritually, <laughs> right? Spiritually, that right. translates into maybe good spirit, God, whatever, doesn't want this for me right now. Minor setback for a major comeback. But when the Lord mm-hmm. gives this thing, you know, maybe in this form, fashion, this state of my existence and being that thing that I think I'm ready for may take me out of the humility, may take me out of my uh, true entitlement, which is peace, and give me into a false entitlement, which makes me think I'm entitled to the power of over others. You know what I'm saying? Because right. God gave me a little car, now I think I'm the shit. Yeah, you won't get in, you want to ride this and that. I can't just be cool and look good in my car and praise God, man. Yeah, I'm blinging, I'm with me, all praises do. You know what I'm saying? I want to be oppressive, you want to you know, ask a gas, shout it, all that old foolishness. You know what I'm saying? So I guess where I'm trying to go with it is this, that I, when I say lose or when you say lose, it's what we're calling lose. When you say, when we're talking about entitlement to the uh, young people, what do you feel you're entitled to? I would like to know. Um, And just these things, when you're talking and even us as adults, when we're talking to young people, what are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to impart? Are we still remembering our jobs, our objectives, our missions as the ones to impart wisdom? So are we being wise in our important wisdom? See, we can't, that elder stuff, I'm older than you, all of that. You know, I know some old fools. We can't just rely on that because I say if we're imparting wisdom, if we're giving these jewels, we either have to be wise people or we have to be jewelers. Keepers of precious stones and gems, you know, mm. in order to pass them down. So that's the whole thing with me. It's just really it boils to what we've been saying the whole show: home training, the interaction right. between us and our children. It is a microcosm of a macrocosm. What you give in your home is what your children are going to give uh, in society, and what you take from your children, what you receive from your children is what they're going to expect other people to take off of them. So it is, you know, very imperative, but it's double-fold. While we expect of our children, 
to be a certain way, then we damn sure better make sure that we are a particular way. Right. We better make sure that we're a particular way. It's the old saying. It goes back to, you know, like what they say, I'm a married man. Sisters used to say, I'm a married man like my dad. Brothers used to say, I'm a married woman like my mom. It's that type of mentality. You know, be mm-hmm. what that righteous person, be what you expect your children to be, and the type of person that you expect your children to hang around. Be that person. I don't expect Mario to get around be with lames. He'd be like, boy, if my daddy was not a new, mm-mm, I can't be with these suckers. You know, <laughs> be the type of person, create the environment that is acceptable for your child. You don't create a drug-induced environment, loud. I'm not saying don't lift up a hip-hop head. Yo, but there's certainly hip-hop I listen to around my boys. You know what I'm right, saying? There's a certain right. environment that I'm creating okay. so that when they're in another environment, and I've seen it, when they're in a car with my nephew or something, and he's playing, you know, this new stuff, but I look back at them, they're like, Ugh. I see them gritting. I can see them gritting at the mm-hmm. words of the song because that's not an environment that they're comfortable with. Right. I'm not saying right. they're not going to be exposed to it, but don't create right. In their homes, don't create the environment where they're comfortable. So now when they go in the world, they're also comfortable with foolishness, negativity, evil in the world. When they go in the world, they should be like, well, I can't wait to get home. Damn, I can't wait to get home. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And you you know what? And and you get a chance to see, um, you get a chance to see the influence of what you did put in them, you know, when they say, because my son Great came God, in yeah. a couple of weeks ago and he said, uh, yeah, Ma, you know what? I've been listening to uh, Nas a lot lately. Now, hmm. I, I ain't never known him to have Nas on his radar. But okay. my son my Nas son does old have for him, ass. Huh? Nas is a little old school for him, isn't he? That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. But he's, a, but he's one of those kids. Like, my son will listen to music from the 30s and 40s, though. Well, for real. Okay. So he, you know, he picks up on different, I I think it's because he's a musician, though. And he doesn't oh, play any yeah. instruments for real. He has an ear and, a, oh, and an like ability me. to yeah. pick up um, stuff on the piano. So he can play some piano by ear. Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, wow. so I think because he's inside, at his core, he's, a, I mean, I'm I'm a musician. His right. his dad was a DJ. Both of his grandparents on his dad's side are musicians. So okay. you know, like yeah. there's music yeah. in him. But yeah, he's 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 moving toward lyricism mm. and and really understanding, um, like really becoming acclimated more to what's being said as opposed to beats and, and whatnot. So yeah. um, when you see, when you see what you've put into, into their atmosphere starting to manifest, it's like, okay, he's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. I, I, right. I, I find myself checking it. Cause like I said, he, he went into a space and I had no, you know, I didn't have my hands on him. I didn't yeah. have, you know, my, I couldn't see him. What was going on? Like there was nothing. I was disconnected from him. But to have him come back and start to see him 
work his way back. And because he was in that space with me for it to come, you know, but I didn't expect all of those years to just slide out the window. But I yeah, didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Shoot, yeah, that, yeah, that influence yeah. can influence when you, especially when you're entrenched in it, can be something completely different from, you know, what you were taught. And if you if you really take to that stuff, it can be oh, something absolutely. else. Absolutely. I mean, My son I, came I, back. I, free. Go ahead. He came back. Yeah, no, yeah, listen. I know exactly. Preacher, I told you, man, I was in a particular uh, understanding of Islam in the last 16, 17 years. So I know the influence. Mm-hmm. I know with Somalis and Arabs. So I know what you're talking about. I don't even think I had eaten fried chicken or collard greens anytime during that. Yeah, I was eating rote. You know, <laughs> kush, kush, you know, kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're get some some damn chicken up in here, man. Please, please, please. Okay. You know, so I understand the influence of up here. Listen, Makeda, we went over an hour. Man, we this thing. Yeah, we good. did a little. This huh? is gonna be a good talk. So let's let's wind, we're gonna wind it. You said it was gonna be a good talk, man. This was yo. I didn't know the potential for it and how much. And we just really skimmed the surface. Yeah, exactly. You As know, we so often just, do, because it, it, okay. it gives deeper. Yes, it gives deeper. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. But we want to thank, man, everyone for, you know, taking this time, man, and, and, and taking a Tuesday and coming, sitting with us, listening and sharing, um, because that's what it is all about. We were talking about that communalism. This is where it starts. Listen to one another's opinions. You know, we're not saying that you have to take or believe, accept everybody's opinion. But well, we appreciate the fact that you respect and even a little more than respect that you, um, um, you know, hold us to such a degree in your life that you say, you know, let, let me check them out. So we appreciate that. Right. But I would be amiss if I didn't ask McKay if there's any announcements or anything. Um, you, you know, <laughs> I don't have any um, announcements. Aside from look, I have my I have my regular my political stuff. Um, for those of you who have been listening and know that we're you know uh, we have a couple of candidates running on a Black Power platform in St. Louis. If you know people or if you are in wards 21 and ward three, you know we're we're running candidates that are really looking to push this. Black Power Initiative into our local politics so that we have, you know, we actually have platforms to find to and work toward our interests, you know, um, in seeing power in our communities, in seeing us take control of our communities. Um, mm. A lot of these things have already, you know, have already been in play before they they ever decided to run. This was just a natural progression of what it is that, you know, hey, if we're doing this outside of office, you know what I'm saying, when they have more influence and more power to do more and actually pick you up, put you on their back and go into those rooms where those doors are closed and you can rely on the fact that they're taking black power, your ability to run and decide what goes on in your communities 
you know, uh, with them and speaking for you, that's powerful. That's powerful. So um, in Ward 21, we have Pachara Masimba. Um, we ask that you, you know, if you're interested um, in volunteering, and if you can donate, go to votemasimba.org. That's V-O-T-E-M-A-S-I-M-B-A dot O-R-G. And that is uh, Tatrawa Masimba, Ward 21. And in Ward 3, it is Columbia, Herdoja Columbia Bentham. Um, and her site is Vote org. That is vote, K-A-L-A-M-B-A-Y-I dot O-R-G. Um, both of them have their platforms and um, their, you know, their platforms out, outlined on their campaign website. And you can take a look at, you know, what it is that they're trying to do in those wards you can actually go into those wards and see evidence of the work already done. You know, it's right there. Just look for that, you know, look for that red, black, and green on Alice and West Florissant in the city of St. Louis. And, and you know, you, you've hit, you've hit home. <laughs> that's what we try. That's what we're working towards. Hey, making that. Listen, home. check it out. If you were in St. Louis, don't check that out. Yeah. If you're in St. Louis, don't check it out. And even if you're not in St. Louis, get abreast of, you know, uh, political risk. This is what we're doing. That's right on. And let me say, I don't know. With you know what? Okay, we're on Vanessa Page, but I would maybe not now. But we're gonna find out. But soon we're coming. If you have announcements out there, and you'll be able to uh, inbox us or something, and maybe we right. get your announcements out there if it's, it's positive and productive. For now, I will take a couple inboxes until we get our official. Let's talk about it thing up and running for now. Okay. But, you know, it'll okay. be. So if you have announcements, um, check me out. Check out. I also have another thing that I do. You can check my page out, uh, um, Spiritual Peace and Healing. Give that a check out. Check out the other side of, 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 of Brother Yanga that uh, is dealing with, you know, same issues, maybe a different system in addressing. That's why I love this topic in addressing conflict resolution, seeking solutions that are um, – Towards peace, peace oriented, peace goal inspired, everything peace, which is the absence of confusion. Check out. Right. Um, uh, 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 what's the name? I don't want to say all African People's Revolutionary Party because I may be saying it wrong, but what's the name of the. Say it all day. It is the African, African People's Socialist Party. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's really not that Check hard. That out. It's, it's the African People's Socialist sure. Party, and locally um, in St. Louis, it's NPDM, International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement. Okay, I like that. You know, so check yeah. out that. I say that to say, check anything out that is productive, that goes towards the motivation, that lends towards the inspiration of, uh, you know, our getting something done. Man, right when we're going off, I'm over the line. For one second, let's open the lines for a hot minute. You got a hot second, Makeda? You said, you said what? I'm sorry? Open the line. Someone, we were closing, but someone hit in, and you know this is a people show, so I like to open the lines. I said, do you have a hot second? Oh, oh. Yeah, that means yes. Okay. Oh. 
Hello? Yeah. Peace. God bless you. God bless you, man. I'm sorry I didn't know you was talking to me, giving me the cue. This is Reverend Green out of Chicago. And I didn't, you know, I was going on blog talk because I do a show sometimes, and I was going on here and I teach her commentary and information pertaining to our young youth, and I just wanted to hone in on that. Oh, man, okay. right on, right on. Okay. I, you know, man, listen, you know, we were just we're just getting in our wind down, but I would love to, you know, extend those couple minutes, man, for you to hear your your take on it or your opinion, suggestions or anything. Well, bless your heart, man. Bless your heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm Reverend Green out of Chicago. My website is revgreensmusic.com. Uh, you can find me, revgreensmusic.com. Man, I'm uh, on assignment, man, assignment to go back and get our little brothers and sisters off the streets. Man, the ones shooting each other and the ones that, that don't have disposition as far as to what the next move is. The, 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 the problem with our young, you feel that anointing, I'm a powerful man with God. Listen, I'm on a mission. I'm going to meet up with Steve Harvey as soon as the corona cooled down. I'm going to muster up the troop, and we come in and start in, in Chicago and spreading all over U.S., we're going to go get our little brothers with love of God. Yes, sir. Uh, the, 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 the problem is, doctor, is that the love, I heard y'all, I think I overheard y'all saying that the concept is love. Put yourself mm-hmm. in the other man's shoes. Realize that mm-hmm. man could be you because life, yes, my life has been a roller coaster, up, down, mm-hmm. up, down. So any man's scenario, that could be me. These young men out here in the street, man, they ain't ignorant. They're very smart. They learn from our mistakes. The problem is we told them, don't trust the European. We said, don't trust him. He ain't no good. They said, okay. And we ain't told him nothing else after that. Uh, no more instructions, yeah. my brother. Right. You, you understand? Right. There's no instructions. So they, right. they, they just learning as they go. And, and when we were kids, we had parents. Dad would put a stop to that. But they didn't have that. They don't mm-hmm. have that filter system. So they're expanding any way they can see. But they don't trust the white man because they, they remember us saying that. But we didn't tell them to love each other. Yeah, yeah we didn't right. tell them that we're all to do. We didn't tell them what to do. We just told them what not to do is what you're saying. You feel me? Mm-hmm. There you go. No instruction. There was no instruction. Yes, sir. So it, it's our job to go back and get them, but we can't be judgmental. We have to go get them with love. Yeah, that's and, right. And I got something bigger than that for y'all, but 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 listen, let, I'll give you my number. Uh, it's redgreensmusic.com, and my phone number, this is out of Chicago, for anybody, it don't matter. I'm gonna hey, listen, Red, Rev, I do want to let you know that this is blog talk, and, you you know, I want to remind you, if, if you, if this is your personal number, and there is a, oh, no, know, no. a listening base. Yeah, I understand. So, yeah, I Okay, yes, sir. Go, feel free <laughs> but, to but, but, go. Yeah, listen, listen, I'm going to give you. <laughs> I so appreciate that because I, I, I don't give my personal, but I, I so appreciate the heads up because that's yes, the problem sir. I had that happen before. Redgreensmusic.com. Yeah, you can reach me at redgreensmusic.com. I have a video on YouTube. It's called Rev Green. It's all for you, Lord. It's a song dedicated to God. It's a humble ballad, and it's showing me going on the streets, dealing with drug guys on drugs by the freeway, the little guys on drugs by the liquor store, trying to show the work that's necessary in the field, and also telling God that, hey, man, everything I do, it's all for you, Lord. It, 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 that's the 
name of the song. You can find me on Google. You can just go Rev, R-E-V, space green. I come up on the first page under old crazy Al Green, but right under him is Reverend right. Green, gospel anointed artist. I'm going back to get our kin, folks, my brothers and sisters. I'm going yes, back sir. to get them, and I need all of you all support. I'm leading the charge because guess what else I got? We're I got right. an answer for the churches. Hmm. What, I got the you got an answer for the church is real. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this between y'all. Y'all can feel this anointing. I know y'all feel it all the fault. That means God co-signed what I'm saying. Listen, all of our lives, we watch the church do the rituals, prayer meeting, Bible study, uh, you know, uh, outreach program, outreach ministry, prayer meeting, uh, pray the New Year and watch service, right? All these different mm-hmm. rituals, right? Let me ask yes, you sir. something. The church has been praying for a new year every year, haven't they, man? Since we were kids, yes, ain't it, man? Let me ask you something. Have things gotten better or have they gotten worse? They sure ain't. They don't seem like they got better. But you know what? <laughs> you, know they ain't no better. you know they ain't getting no better. People doing you know crap beyond no what we thought when we were kids. So if my, hey. my point is, if the church been asking God to flip it out here, and he ain't did it in 50 years of my life, he did a fair assessment. If that prayer is moot to God. He, he ain't hearing that prayer. Hey. But why do we keep asking him the same thing every year, and he ain't doing nothing, not moving at all? It's almost like we're asking God to go out in the backyard and cut our grass because it's getting hot, instead of going uh, to the Home Depot and getting some lawnmowers and cutting it out. Yes, the reason God hasn't answered that prop, that prayer to better the society and make things better, because that's something we can handle. Hey, and you got, and that's what it's about. You better say that. Say you better say that. Say Rev, you gotta listen, Rev. Tuesday, eight o'clock. I need you. No, Pastor Lord didn't reveal that to me. Oh no, sir. That sounds like that sounds like from the Lord Moses. So, so as, but listen, because we're winding up on the show. Tuesday, eight o'clock. Come on. Share with us, definitely. Um, and I love to have a man of faith, an inspired man. You know, like you said, Absolutely. I'm anointing on you. Because all of that is all that journey. All the journey, sister. I'm on a journey. On a journey. I, you so, know, I, I had to go through some stuff. Penitentiary, hey. police, drugs. I went to hell and came back. Now I got a report for the church. We got to go to work. Period. We you know what I, what, I appreciate, I what I really appreciate is that you know, it it is not a um, it is not a, a, a watered down uh, sermon. It is it no. is real yeah. talk about oh, yeah. us doing yeah. for ourselves. We Our have to. Period. Listen, you guys, you guys are going to start a whole other show. Rev Green, you're going to start another show because you're bringing up some good, powerful topics. But Kate is a great conversationalist, so she can pick right up on it. I'm going to end it for you guys. But I'll tell you what I am going to do. Because Rev, I want you yes, back sir. on. I usually end with my boy. Let's end with some, uh, let's check this out. Let's see if we know what this is. Oh, bless your heart. It's all for you, Lord. All right. With that, we thank everybody Beautiful. for being on. And we'll catch you guys next week. We're cool, sir. Well, cool soon. God, God bless you. And love you, man. And stay encouraged, man. And I'm keeping the fire because it's been in process for seven years. It's time to move on.